It's April the 27th. Let's read the Bible. Friends, welcome back to this year-long adventure of going through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation in just one year. And today, we find ourselves deep in the story of a man by the name of Saul. Remember, we're in 1 Samuel, Samuel chapters 1 through 7, Saul chapters 8 through 15, and David chapter 16 through 31. And so in just a minute, we're going to look at chapters 13, 14, and 15. But I do want to make a comment. I got a nice note from a friend the other day who said, I love the backdrop, the background behind me. It it just looks so fantastic. Well, I agree with that. And I want to give credit where credit is due. If you ever watch the videos where I was teaching Daniel, Revelation, Galatians, Ephesians, or James, those are all online. You know, it was a different backdrop, one that basically that has been this way, set up the way it was from the time we moved in. But last December, when the Lord really put this on my heart, Marlene and I were going to be gone for a weekend. I was out speaking at a Christmas conference at Cannon Beach Conference Center in Oregon. And Josh and Leah came to us and said, would you let us redecorate and give you a new backdrop for your Let's Read the Bible project. I said, sure. Lee designed it. And they they said, uh, what do you want? I said, well, how about some shiplap? I was halfway joking, but I was thinking about Chip and Joanna Gaines, talk a lot about shiplap, and that's what's on the wall behind me. Leah did the design, and then Josh and uh, Knox and Violet, uh, they all worked together, and Lee was in there too, and they spent the whole weekend. They were cutting, and they were nailing, and they were measuring, and they were painting. And uh, it all just came out like this. And you can see the shiplap on the on the wall behind me. And though it's a little bit out of focus because of the the way we've designed it um, with the camera to focus on me. But that map behind me is a medieval map of the city of Jerusalem. So I want to thank Josh and Leah and Knox and Violet for their hard work because the, the, the beauty of this office really uh, owes completely to their efforts. Now, 1 Samuel Chapter 13, Saul turns out to be a fool. Big surprise there. Chapter 14, Jonathan eats some honey, gets in trouble, almost dies. Then in chapter 15, well, Saul, it's going to be the real turning point of his life, and it's going to be a turning point in the wrong direction. So let's begin to read. And as we read always, Lord, open our eyes that we might behold wonderful things from your word. Chapter 13, Saul was 30 years old when he became king, and he reigned 42 years over Israel. He chose 3,000 men from Israel for himself. 2,000 were with Saul at Michmash and in Bethel's hill country, and 1,000 were with Jonathan and Gibeah of Benjamin. He sent the rest of the troops away, each to his own tent. Jonathan attacked the Philistine garrison in Gibeah, and the Philistines heard about it. So Saul blew the ram's horn throughout the land, saying, Let the Hebrews hear. And all Israel heard the news. Saul has attacked the Philistine garrison, and Israel is now repulsive to the Philistines. Then the troops were summoned to join Saul at Gilgal. The Philistines also gathered to fight against Israel. Three thousand chariots, six thousand horsemen, and troops as numerous as the sand on the seashore. They went up and camped at Michmash, east of beth Avon. The men of Israel saw that they were in trouble because the troops were in a difficult situation. They hid in caves and thickets among rocks and in holes and cisterns. Some Hebrews even crossed the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. 
Saul, however, was still at Gilgal, and all his troops were gripped with fear. He waited seven days for the appointed time that Samuel had set, but Samuel didn't come to Gilgal, and the troops were deserting him. So Saul said, Bring me the burnt offering and the fellowship offerings. Then he offered the burnt offering. Just as he finished offering the burnt offering, Samuel arrived. So Saul went out to greet him, and Samuel asked, What have you done? Saul answered, When I saw that the troops were deserting me, and you didn't come within the appointed days, and the Philistines were gathering at Michmash, I thought, The Philistines will now descend on me at Gilgal, and I haven't sought the Lord's favor. So I forced myself to offer the burnt offering. Samuel said to Saul, You have been foolish. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. It was at this time that the Lord would have permanently established your reign over Israel. But now your reign will not endure. The Lord has found a man after his own heart, and the Lord has appointed him as ruler over his people, because you have not done what the Lord commanded. Then Samuel went from Gilgal to Gibeah and Benjamin. Saul registered the troops that were with him, about 600 men. Saul, his son Jonathan, and the troops who were with him were staying in Gibeah of Benjamin, and the Philistines were camped at Michmash. Raiding parties went out from the Philistine camp in three divisions. One division headed headed toward the Ophir Road, leading to the land of Shual. The next division headed toward Beth Horon, toward the Beth Horon Road, and the last division headed down the border road that looks over the Zeboim Valley toward the wilderness. No blacksmith could be found in all the land of Israel because the Philistines had said, otherwise, the Hebrews will make swords or spears. So all the Israelites went to the Philistines to sharpen their plows, mattocks, axes, and sickles. The price was two-thirds of a shekel for plows and mattocks and one-third of a shekel for pitchforks and axes and for putting a point on a cattle prize. So... On the day of battle, not a sword or spear could be found in the hands of any of the troops who were with Saul and Jonathan. Only Saul and his son Jonathan had weapons. Now, a Philistine garrison took control of the pass at Michmash. 1 Samuel 14. That same day, Saul's son Jonathan said to the attendant who carried his weapons, Come on, let's cross over to the Philistine garrison on the other side. However, he did not tell his father. Saul was staying under the pomegranate tree in Migron, on the outskirts of Gibeah. The troops with him numbered about 600. Ahijah, who was wearing an ephod, was also there. He was the son of Ahitub, the brother of Ichabod, son of Phinehas, son of Eli, the Lord's priest at Shiloh. But the troops did not know that Jonathan had left. There were sharp columns of rock on both sides of the pass that Jonathan intended to cross to reach the Philistine garrison. One was named Bozes and the other Sina. One stood to the north in front of Michmash and the other to the south in front of Geba. Jonathan said to the attendant who carried his weapons, Come on, let's cross over to the garrison of these uncircumcised men. Perhaps the Lord will help us. Nothing can keep the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. His armor bearer responded, Do what is in your heart. Go ahead. I'm completely with you. All right, Jonathan replied. We'll cross over to the men and let them see us. If they say, Wait until we reach you, then we will stay where we are and not go up to them. But if they say, Come on up. Then we'll go up because the Lord has handed them over to us. That will be our sign. They let themselves be seen by the Philistine garrison. When the Philistines said, look, the Hebrews are coming out of the holes where they've been hiding. The men of the garrison called to Jonathan and his armor bearer, come on up and we'll teach you a lesson. They said, follow me. Jonathan said to his armor bearer, for the Lord has handed them over to Israel. Jonathan climbed up using his hands and feet with his armor bearer behind him. Jonathan cut them down, and his armor bearer followed and finished them off. 
in that first assault, Jonathan and his armor bearers struck down about 20 men in a half-acre field. Terror spread throughout the Philistine camp in the open fields to all the troops. Even the garrison and the raiding parties were terrified. The earth shook and the terror spread from God. When Saul's watchmen and Gibeah of Benjamin looked, they saw the panicking troops scattering in every direction. So Saul said to the troops with him, Call the roll and determine who has left us. They called the roll and saw that Jonathan and his armor-bearer were gone. Saul told Ahijah, Bring the ark of God, for it was with the Israelites at that time. When, when Saul spoke to the priest, the panic in the Philistine camp increased in intensity. So Saul called to the priest, Stop what you're doing. Saul and all the troops with him assembled and marched to the battle. And there the Philistines were fighting against each other in great confusion. There were Hebrews from the area who had gone earlier into the camp to join the Philistines, but even they joined the Israelites who were with Saul and Jonathan. When all the Israelite men who'd been hiding in the hill country of Ephraim heard that the Philistines were fleeing, they also joined Saul and Jonathan in the battle. So the Lord saved Israel that day. The battle extended beyond Beth Avon, and the men of Israel were worn out that day, for Saul had placed the troops under an oath. The man who eats food before evening, before I have taken vengeance on my enemies, is cursed. So none of the troops tasted any food. Everyone went into the forest, and there was honey on the ground. When the troops entered the forest, they saw the flow of honey, but none of them made any of it because they feared the oath. However, Jonathan had not heard his father make the troops swear the oath. He reached out with the end of his staff he was carrying and dipped it in the honeycomb. When he ate the honey, he had renewed energy. Then one of the troops said, Your father made the troops solemnly swear. The man who eats food today is cursed, and the troops are exhausted. Jonathan replied, My father has brought trouble to the land. Just look at how I have renewed energy because I tasted a little of this honey. How much better if the troops had eaten freely today from the plunder they took from their enemies. Then the slaughter of the Philistines would have been much greater. The Israelites struck down the Philistines that day from Michmash all the way to Aijalon. Since the Israelites were completely exhausted, they rushed to the plunder, took sheep, goats, cattle, and calves, slaughtered them on the ground, and ate meat with the blood still in it. Some reported to Saul, Look, the troops are sinning against the Lord by eating meat with the blood still in it. Saul said, You have been unfaithful. Roll a large stone over here at once. He then said, Go among the troops and say to them, Let each man bring me his ox or his sheep. Do the slaughtering here. And then you can eat. Don't sin against the Lord by eating meat with the blood in it. So every one of the troops brought his ox that night and slaughtered it there. Then Saul built an altar to the Lord. It was the first time he had built an altar to the Lord. Saul said, let's go down after the Philistines tonight and plunder them until morning. Don't let even one remain. Do whatever you want, the troops replied. But the priest said, let's approach God here. So Saul inquired of God. Shall I go up after the Philistines? Will you hand them over to Israel? But God did not answer him that day. Saul said, All you leaders of the troop, come here. Let's investigate how this sin has occurred today. As surely as the Lord lives who saves Israel, even if it is because of my son Jonathan, he must die. Not one of the troops answered him. So he said to all Israel, You will be on one side, and I and my son Jonathan will be on the other side. All the troops replied, Do whatever you want. So Saul said to the Lord, God of Israel, why have you not answered your servant today? If the unrighteousness is in me or in my son Jonathan, Lord God of Israel, give Urim. But if the fault is in your people Israel, give Thummim. Jonathan and Saul were selected and the troops were cleared of the charge. Then Saul said, cast the lot between me and my son Jonathan. 
And Jonathan was selected. Saul commanded him, tell me what you did. Jonathan told him, I tasted a little honey with the end of the staff I was carrying. I am ready to die. Saul declared to him, may God punish me and do so severely if you do not die, Jonathan. But the people said to Saul, must Jonathan die? He accomplished such a great deliverance for Israel. No, as the Lord lives, not a hair of his head will fall to the ground, for he worked with God's help today. So the people redeemed Jonathan, and he did not die. Then Saul gave up the pursuit of the Philistines, and the Philistines returned to their own territory. When Saul assumed the kingship over Israel, he fought against all his enemies in every direction, against Moab, the Ammonites, Edom, the kings of Zobah, and the Philistines. Wherever he turned, he caused havoc. He fought bravely, defeated the Amalekites, and, and rescued Israel from those who plundered them. Saul's sons were Jonathan, Ishvi, and Malkishua. The names of his two daughters were Merab, his firstborn, and Michael the younger. The name of Saul's wife was Ahinoam, Ahinoam daughter of Ahimaaz. The name of the commander of his army was Abner, son of Saul's uncle Ner. Saul's father was Kish. Abner's father was Ner, son of Abiel. The conflict with the Philistines was fierce all of Saul's days. So whenever Saul noticed any strong or valiant man, he enlisted him. Coming out of the turning point of Saul's story. 1 Samuel 15, Samuel told Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint you as king over his people Israel. Now listen to the words of the Lord. This is what the Lord of armies says. I witnessed what the Amalekites did to the Israelites when they opposed them along the way as they were coming out of Egypt. Now go and attack the Amalekites and completely destroy everything they have. Do not spare them. Kill men and women, infants and nursing babies, oxen and sheep, camels and donkeys. Then Saul summoned the troops and counted them at Telaim, 200,000 foot soldiers and 10,000 men from Judah. Saul came to the city of Amalek and set up an ambush in the wadi. He warned the Kenites, since you showed mercy to all the Israelites when they came out of Egypt, go on and leave. Get away from the Amalekites or I'll sweep you away with them. So the Kenites withdrew from the Amalekites. Then Saul struck down the Amalekites from Havilah all the way to Shur, which is next to Egypt. He captured King Agag of Amalek alive, but he completely destroyed all the rest of the people with the sword. Saul and the troops spared Agag and the best of the sheep, goats, cattle, and choice animals as well as the young rams and the best of everything else. They were not willing to destroy them, but they did destroy all the worthless and unwanted things. Then the word of the Lord came to Samuel, I regret that I made Saul king, for he has turned away from following me and has not carried out my instructions. So Samuel became angry and cried out to the Lord all night. Early in the morning, Samuel got up to confront Saul, but it was reported to Samuel. Saul, got, Saul went to Carmel, where he set up a monument for himself. Then he turned around and went down to Gilgal. When Samuel came to him, Saul said, May the Lord bless you. I have carried out the Lord's instructions. Samuel said, Then what is this sound of sheep, goats, and cattle I hear? Saul answered, The troops brought them from the Amalekites and spared the best sheep, goats, and cattle in order to offer a sacrifice to the Lord your God. But the rest we destroyed. Stop exclaimed Samuel. Let me tell you what the Lord said to me last night. Tell me, he replied. Samuel continued, although you once considered yourself unimportant, 
Haven't you become the leader of the tribes of Israel? The Lord appointed you king over Israel and sent and then sent you on a mission and said, Go and completely destroy the sinful Amalekites. Fight against them until you have annihilated them. So why didn't you obey the Lord? Why did you rush on the plunder and do what was evil in the Lord's sight? But I did obey the Lord, Saul answered. I went on the mission the Lord gave me. I brought back King Agag of Amalek, and I completely destroyed the Amalekites. The troops took sheep, goats, and cattle from the plunder, the best of what was set apart for destruction, to sacrifice to the Lord your God at Gilgal. Then Samuel said, Does the Lord take pleasure in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? Look, to obey is better than sacrifice, to pay attention better than the fat of rams, for rebellion is like the sin of divination, and defiance is like wickedness and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. Saul answered Samuel, I have sinned. I have transgressed the Lord's command in your words. Because I was afraid of the people, I obeyed them. Now, therefore, please forgive my sin and return with me so that I can worship the Lord. Samuel replied to Saul, I will not return with you because you rejected the word of the Lord. The Lord has rejected you from being king over Israel. When Samuel turned to go, Saul grabbed the corner of his robe and it tore. Samuel said to him, The Lord has torn the kingship of Israel away from you today and has given it to your neighbor who is better than you. Furthermore, the eternal one of Israel does not lie or change his mind, for he is not man who changes his mind. Saul said, I have sinned. Please honor me now before the elders of my people and before Israel. Come back with me so I can bow and worship to the Lord your God. Did you get that? To the Lord your God. He knew. Then Samuel went back, following Saul, and Saul bowed down to the Lord. Samuel said, Bring me King Agag of Amalek. Agag came in trembling, for he thought, Certainly the bitterness of death has come. Samuel declared, As your sword has made women childless, so your mother will be childless among women. Then he hacked Agag to pieces before the Lord at Gilgal. Samuel went to Ramah, and Saul went up to his home in Gibeah of Saul. Even to the day of his death, Samuel never saw Saul again. Samuel mourned for Saul, and the Lord regretted he had made Saul king over Israel. Some things you can't undo. Some things you, you can't take back. Some decisions can't be undone. Some stupid things you say, you can't unsay them. They're gone. They're said. They're done. You ask me, was Saul, was Saul sincere in his repentance? Only the Lord knows. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. As someone has said, you can shoot an arrow into the air. And you can repent of it while the arrow is still in the air. But it doesn't matter. Arrow is still going to come down. Sin always brings consequences. Saul now has to face the fact he has been rejected by God. And all the prayers and all the tears are not going to 
they're not going to prevent God from removing him and putting David on the throne. Let us learn from this that to obey is better than sacrifice. So we pray, God, give us obedient hearts today. Remove the smallest little trace of rebellion that it might not be found in us. Search us, O God, try our hearts, see if there be any wicked way in us. Renew a right spirit within us. Search us, God, search us. We pray deliver us from rebellion, divination, witchcraft, and defiance. Help us to obey you today so we can sleep well tonight. Go out and have a great day serving and obeying the Lord. God bless. Guess what's going to happen? Something big. A new person, a new person we haven't met yet is going to enter the story. Come back tomorrow. It's going to be exciting. See you then.